The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is R. Paul Herman, who has come up with a system called the HIP Investor, uh, system, which is human impact plus profit. Welcome to the show, Paul. Good afternoon. Nice to be with you. Let's just start off with a bit about basics about you and uh, your background before you came up with this whole idea of the HIP Investor. Sure. Well, my background is I'm a native of Chicago with uh, uh, Midwestern values. Um, I graduated from the University of Pennsylvania and the Wharton School there, which uh, focus in finance and entrepreneurship. Um, I've worked for McKinsey and Company, the consulting firm, CSC Index, another consulting firm and technology company. Uh, my first company that I uh, created and entrepreneured uh, created an online uh, wallet or debit card for kids, teens, and parents. And I've also worked for the nonprofit Ashoka, supporting social entrepreneurs, and I've worked for the founder of eBay, Pyramidiar, and his investment company. Now, you hear a lot about uh, socially conscious investing today. Uh, how is what you're talking about with the HIP investor uh, the same or different from what you generally hear about socially conscious investing? Well, what we're seeking to do with uh, the HIP Investor is uh, HIP stands for Human Impact Plus Profit. Um, and human impact really means human, social, and environmental. And what we see is that when a company uh, decides to solve a human need, um, they can actually do that profitably and maybe even more profitably than their competitors who might not be thinking that way. So what we do at the HIP Investor is we research, uh, well, we've, re- we've researched the S&P 100 and 500 companies uh, and what they do and how they create products, that they sell products and services for customers. We look at how they run their business uh, in terms of sustainability and how they um, uh, run their companies and how they make decisions. And what we find is when an investor um, does that type of analysis on companies, um, they can construct a portfolio that can be more attractive. Are you actually trying to change the company's practices as well to be uh, more environmentally sensitive and better to their employees and better to their customers, that kind of thing as well? Yeah, well, really, we really focus on at uh, Hip Investor, and we're a registered investment advisor um, in uh, registered in California and Illinois. Is um, is to really create this constructive competition among uh, companies to be more and more environmentally and socially um, not only conscious, but that they act on those environmental and social criteria, and that when you do, you'll have uh, products that use less natural resources like uh, air or water, um, and you'll have products and services that solve a customer need, such as a, you know, a loan for an entrepreneur, people who are trying to grow their business. Um, so really what the HIP investor approach about is about is that if you solve a human need, um, then you can actually create a strong business and a strong portfolio out of it. And that's different than old socially responsible investing, where uh, you might kick out a company that's negative, like uh, Halliburton, uh, and you would evaluate just their policies. And the challenge is that policies need to actually turn into results, and we focus on quantifying those results at HIP. What kind of response have you gotten from companies uh, where you see something you think is not done you know, socially conscious or environmentally in a, in a positive way? Do they reject you or are they open to uh, what you have to say? Well, there's really a range of responses. Uh, you know, companies are made up of people, and uh, people really want to do a good job in whatever business or industry that they're in. Um, so there are people, um, you know, in the energy industry, let's say, working for Valero Energy, uh, which is a company that takes safety seriously. Um, they don't communicate uh, very transparently about their environmental profile, but they're, you know, looked to by OSHA as, uh, you know, a top uh, refinery facility in terms of safety and uh, safety performance. 
performance. Um, you know, other companies who are really pressured by consumers on a daily basis. So if you're a Procter & Gamble or a Starbucks or an Apple, can, you know, when you vote with your dollars as a consumer, you're sending those companies a signal. So Apple became more environmentally um, aware and transparent when its first generation of iPod users brought their, uh, you know, first generation iPod back to the store and asked if the store was going to recycle it. And that sent a signal back to the company. So every customer who votes with their dollars and what they buy and then communicates with the staff um, is really sending a signal back to the company. What kind of uh, investment returns have hip-oriented companies or hip companies that rate highly in the hip criteria had compared to uh, n you know, non-highly performing hip companies? Right. Well, what we describe in the book, uh, the hip investor make bigger profits by building a better world, and on our website at hipinvestor.com, where you can see the latest performance, is, you know, we see that human, social, and environmental factors are actually leading indicators of companies that have better financial performance and shareholder performance when you construct them in a portfolio. So what we do is we take the S&P 100, and instead of just taking the stock price, uh, which is how the S&P is calculated, we actually weight that around sustainability. And when you do that, you tend to outperform the S&P on a year-over-year -year basis. Okay, now you um, tell us a little how much outperforming is there of the HIP portfolio over the S&P over a longer term period? Yeah, so what we, since uh, being live last July, the um, from July 30th, 2009 to uh, March 31st, end of quarter, the S&P was up about 17%, and the HIP index was up about 20%. So those are actual results, and you should see the disclosures and disclaimers on the uh, hipinvestor.com website for how that's calculated. So is that getting calculated on an ongoing basis or once a quarter? How often can people see how that's doing? Um, yeah, we track it at least quarterly, sometimes monthly, uh, that uh, we put on the website. And, um, and then we rebalance the HIP index as often as the S&P rebalances, which is typically quarterly or when companies um, uh, come on or, or change in the index. You're re rebalancing it based on the changes in market capitalization or only when somebody comes in and out of the index? No, so we base it on two things. One is when a company comes in or out of the index, because we want to keep the same universe of companies. We're saying that it's not about, it's not only about um, what we're trying to show is for the same companies, when you actually take this new fundamentals of investing approach and you look at the full comprehensive way of how a company creates value, um, that when you weight those leaders higher and those laggards lower, um, that's how you get some outperformance. Um, as those numbers change year over year or quarter over quarter, then that may shift the weights in the index as well. So if a company starts um, becoming more uh, pollution, you know, re pollutes less and adds health care for more of their employees, then their score will go up, uh, is, you know, is positioned to go up relative to one of their competitors where they might pollute more and maybe cut some 401k benefits. So it really looks at five categories, health and wealth, earth and equality, and trust. And when you focus in on results, not just policies, when you focus in on what companies actually do, not what they say they do, then that really showcases who the, um, the leaders are, and that is can be beneficial for your portfolio. Okay, you say there are three questions to ask for any uh, HIP investment, and the first one is, uh, how are HIP, uh, what are the products of the HIP companies? Yeah, so this is really uh, insightful, which we describe in Chapter 3 of the book, is uh, the main way to look at a company is by looking at what they sell, both products and services. So General Electric um, has a, a, a group of products called Eco Imagination. So those include wind energy farms, eco-efficient locomotives, compact fluorescent light bulbs that you put in your house. And for General Electric, this is actually 10% of their revenue as of the end of uh, 2008 for when they were reported it. Um, Pepsi has uh, categories like good for you, better for you, and fun for you. So they look at their products of food and drink everywhere from Quaker Oats oatmeal, uh, Naked Juice, uh, Tropicana orange juice, as well as uh, Doritos, and they categorize them by their uh, perceived health value. And then companies like uh, Campbell Soup um, actually rate uh, and dissect their revenue by how much salt is in a cup of soup. And, um, and they're communicating that to investors uh, as well as to customers. So that's the first um, step in actually looking at a company is looking at what they um, uh, buy, you know, products and services they sell to customers. So the first area you talk about is health, and the second area you talk about is wealth. What are some things people should look for in uh, HIP products in the wealth area? 
Yeah, so, um, you know, microfinance, uh, Mohamed Yunus is a Nobel Prize winner for um, showing that uh, people of all income levels um, can invest in themselves through microloans, microcredit, and microinsurance. Um, so what you'll see is companies ranging from Citigroup to Deutsche Bank to ICICI in India have actual units that make these loans to um, customer, you know, to entrepreneurs who are clients of the bank. Um, in the U.S., companies like Discover Card uh, actually have online tools that help you manage your money. Um, and one that some of your, uh, some of the listeners might be aware of is Mint.com, which was recently acquired by Intuit, uh, the you know online financial software company. Um, so those are things that help save you money, uh, uh, grow your assets over time, help you save for the future, or maybe even um, help you invest better. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is uh, R. Paul Herman, uh, whose new book is called The Hip Investor. Hip stands for Human Impact Plus Profit. We'll get into this more after the break. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. My guest this hour is Paul Herman, uh, whose new book is called The Hip Investor. That stands for Human Impact Plus Profit. Welcome back to the show, Paul. Thank you. We were talking about the different products uh, that the hip companies you're looking at uh, put out. Uh, one of the areas is Earth. What are some of the things that people should be looking for in, in Earth? Yeah, well, there's really a, a range of products that uh, use the um, uh, you know use the earth in a more uh, eco-efficient way. So what we talk about in the book is you know everything from uh, transportation to natural plastics, um, you know, to even uh, soil and how farmers uh, treat soil. So one of the interesting areas is in uh, you know pharmaceuticals that are trying to be uh, produced in a less toxic way um, and in a more um, compelling way. And so there's research going on around the world to find find, you know, natural um, sources, uh, not just chemical sources, but actual natural sources of green pharmaceuticals um, that, you know, co uh, companies like Merck and GlaxoSmithKline are using um, for our, you know, everyday health, as well as to do it in an eco-efficient way. So you're saying if they do end up marketing these things, these will not only be 
more effective but lower cost and better for the environment. So it's a win for everybody. Yeah, they can be. And so the challenge is to find the right combination of health, wealth, earth equality, and trust from a product and services point of view that matches what your customer needs are. So let's talk about equality. What kind of ways do you qualify, do you quantify companies providing more equality? Yeah, so, I mean, one is, uh, you know, affordable health care, obviously, is one that doesn't only have a health impact and a wealth impact, but uh, equal access. So this is one where the government has actually stepped in to provide more equal access um, to health care. Uh, one of the examples we use in the book, actually, is in companies tapping into markets um, that sometimes segment by gender. So Dell Computer had a little hiccup uh, when they tried to target women with women laptops, and they focused on, you know, using computers to go shopping, um, and what they found was a large, you know, large number of uh, users wrote in saying, why are you just pegging women as shoppers? We're programmers and bloggers, and we create online content as well. So companies can, you know, both benefit themselves, but they need to be conscious about the risks in making sure that they attach, you know, that they develop products that have a genuine, um, you know, problem solving to it. And then you talk about trust. What do you mean by trust as a company, and how can it engender trust and how can it lose trust? Well, a commercial that we all might have seen might have been like by Progressive Insurance. So what you, what happens when you call Progressive Insurance is they actually transparently tell you what the prices of other insurance companies are. And what that does is when, you know, a company uh, communicates clearly to all its customers not only what it's selling but what its competitors are selling, whether that be eBay or Progressive, um, is that customers build more loyalty, especially um, those younger these days um, in their 20s and 30s, they really look to companies to be open, transparent, and ethical. So Progressive has found that they end up generating extra business because they're creating this trust-building uh, relationship with the customer. And even though they might lose some business that uh, people are calling, um, in general, they find that it's a positive way to create top-line revenue. And what would be an example of a company that broke the trust by doing the wrong thing? Well, geez, uh, I mean, it would be easy to finger point at, you know, the financial industry, um, you know, and, and sort of the lack of transparency around financial products and things like hedge funds or, um, you know, credit cards that have hidden fees or bank fees. So you can take your pick of companies who, um, you know, aren't always the most upfront about communicating the terms and conditions of their financial products. Okay, so that's the first step is what the products are in these various categories. Then your next step is to count the quantifiable impacts of these companies. What are some ways people can do that? Well, this is really interesting, Jordan, because um, companies are actually starting to create these new, some of them call them nutrition labels. So Timberland, um, it, which is a boot company, um, actually puts not, you know, whereas food companies have a nutrition label for what's inside, like we mentioned Campbell's Soup, talking about, uh, you know, how much sodium and, um, uh, and sugar might be um, in their products, which are decreasing over time. Um, Timberland actually does this for how they, you know, make the leather and put their boot together. And so they have a green index which we've uh, inserted in the book um, to show that, you know, companies um, can actually quantify um, what they're doing and how they create their products. Similarly, Walmart is doing this now, pioneered this with something called the Sustainability Index. And Walmart wants uh, ultimately all the products uh, on its shelves to be more sustainable, as well as the stores to use less energy and to uh, less waste um, and to be more renewable in terms of energy. So that's something at Hip Investor that we help them co-design with some other um, experts uh, so that uh, Walmart can source more sustainable products. So when a Walmart does something like that, that puts pressure on the suppliers to do things they might have not done otherwise as far as being more ecologically correct and using less waste and so on. Is that correct? Yes, and someone, uh, as I've been doing the book tour for The Hip Investor, um, somebody brought that up the other day saying, wow, if Walmart is changing its criteria for its 60,000 suppliers, some of those actually include uh, companies like ExxonMobil, which try and sell motor oil um, in the automotive shops of, of Walmart. So Walmart can actually change Exxon by changing its supplier scorecard, and that's really compelling. And, um, you know, it's been estimated that of Walmart's 60,000-plus suppliers, that if you actually to add up all the revenue of all those suppliers, not just what they sell at Walmart, but what they sell in the world, that could be a third of global GDP. So the mere fact of Walmart shifting how it buys helps improve the world. So have you spoken yourself to the people at Walmart and uh, they ho have the whole hip investor idea as 
a core part of what they're doing these days? Well, they've incorporated parts of the hip investor idea. What, what I was part of a team that included, uh, you know, nonprofits like Environmental Defense Fund and um, and experts like Blue Sky Consulting and uh, internal Walmart staff and suppliers and academics from the University of Arizona and the University of Arkansas. And what Walmart ended up creating, uh, with inputs from all of those uh, people, was a scorecard that looked at four factors. Three of them were environmental, um, lower carbon and pollution lower waste, um, and uh, more uh, renewable energy. Um, and then a fourth one with you know, social criteria and how transparent they are. So Walmart is asking today 15 questions to its suppliers, um, trying to get a baseline for what their performance are, uh, is so that they can um, improve that performance over time. That's become what's called the Sustainability Consortium. So Walmart is just one retailer in that consortium, and there's other U.S. and global retailers like Safeway um, who've joined that consortium, as well as consumer companies like Procter & Gamble, Colgate-Palmolive, and others. So that's online. If you search for Sustainability Consortium online, you can see details about it. Another area you talk about is employee satisfaction in general, treating the employees better. What kind of ways are there to see the impact of all this on employee satisfaction? So this is really interesting, uh, Jordan, because um, uh, a business school professor, Alex Edmonds, um, took some data that um, um, Fortune and the Best Places to Work Institute did about um, how employees are satisfied and engaged and showing that the companies who have more satisfied employees or high, more highly satisfied or engaged employees actually end up performing financially better. And those could be companies like Google that have more money to spend on employees, but there are also companies like Wegmans Groceries, which have very thin margins in the grocery business. So what's interesting is that Professor Alex Edmonds, when he put this through a um, portfolio analysis, found that those companies with higher employee satisfaction end up beating the S&P by about 4% a year. So that's, uh, that's really compelling from a um, uh, company approach. And there's companies like, this is just for information, it's not an investment recommendation, but companies like Parnassus have set up a mutual fund called the Workplace Fund um, where you could you know, pursue that investment strategy if you chose to. Would there be a mutual fund based around the HIP idea as well to buy companies that meet your criteria? Yeah, so we expect that over time uh, the, there'll be a HIP family of mutual funds and electronic traded funds, ETFs. What we have today is a HIP index that um, uh, is a separately managed account, um, and so we're an investment advisor um, that offers that separately managed managed account. Um, there are, you know, in the future you will see, you know, possibly this year even other financial firms offer um, a HIP separately managed account as part of their portfolios. And how can they find out about that uh, separately managed account if they wanted to find out more about it? If you go to hipinvestor.com, H-I-P-I-N-V-E-S-T-O-R.com, uh, there's uh, full information and disclosure and disclaimers about how performance is calculated. And as an investment advisor, I need to tell you that past performance is not indicative of future results. You also have a section on uh, compensation and how employees get paid relative to their industry peers and the, the gap between the CEO and the average staff pay. How can that affect the company performance? So this is really fascinating um, because that ratio, you might think that the financial industry is the highest paid. That's not always um, the case. Um, energy industry is very highly paid. There are companies in each industry that are more uh, CEOs are more highly paid than the average employees. What um, tends to be the case is, and there's academic research that has shown this, um, that the more highly paid the CEO at times, on average, um, those can put the companies more at risk because they're not um, investing the company's resources in a way to benefit the whole company. It may just be um, for executive compensation. So where that tends to be, in a, you know, so we see that as a leading indicator uh, of uh, strong company performance. And so it's, you know, it's, it's uh, typically pretty straightforward to look at. The SEC on the uh, SEC.gov site or the AFL-CIO site, um, you can find what executive compensation is. And then you can compare that to, uh, you know, an average employee salary, um, which you can find on some sites like uh, Payscale or things like that. And then you've got uh, what you call Earth Metrics, uh, which is ways that companies uh, recycle efficiency and use water better and so on. Again, how does that affect the company performance? So this is really uh, fascinating. So there have been um, 
uh, DuPont is one company that uh, we showcase from time to time in terms of the metrics that they're using to run their business. So DuPont uh, has an internal metric that they call shareholder value per pound of product. So this is different than return on capital. It's actually, you know, return on natural resources. And what they're trying to do is to dematerialize their business. So companies like Hewlett-Packard are doing that, and uh, Nike is seeking to reduce the amount of material um, to create strong products, um, in, you know, that they sell to customers, but to be really environmentally and ecologically efficient. Uh, and when you do that, and Procter & Gamble has, you know, numbers like this in their annual report, um, the more efficient you are with natural resources, the farther they can go. So we're not, um, uh, our grandchildren will have uh, goods and services that they can buy. But also there tends to be less waste. So the less, you know, input you have, the less waste you, you can have. And that has a direct bottom line impact, you're saying? Yes, and that's the thing about the HIP metrics uh, that we describe in the book and, um, uh, and as you read the hipinvestor.com website is um, these are leading indicators of financial performance. So products that solve a human need in health or wealth or earth or quality or trust can generate more revenue, sometimes higher prices, but uh, many times higher market share. Um, and on a bottom line perspective, um, you know, e uh, companies that are eco-efficient, um, uh, you know, or real estate efficient can save more money and that drops to the bottom line in operating costs, electricity, water, and the like. Very good. Okay, we're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. Uh, my guest this hour is Paul Herman, uh, who is the author of a new book called The HIP Investor. HIP stands for Human Impact Plus Profit. We'll be back after this. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show with your coach, Rick Corrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Corrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Paul Herman, uh, who's the CEO and founder of HIP Investor Incorporated. His new book is called The HIP Investor, uh, which stands for Human Impact and Profit. Welcome back to the show, Paul. Thank you. I just want to make it very clear, uh, the 100 companies that are in your index are the same 100 companies that are in the Standard & Poor's 100, but you rank them differently. Just explain exactly how that works. 
Sure. And again, what we wanted to show is that we believe that uh, everyday stock prices are not accurate um, and that they're actually inefficient indicators of the company's true value. So what we do is we take those same companies in the S&P 100, and instead of rating them by stock market value, we rate them by HIP score. And the HIP score is, a com- is compressed of the products and services and the operating metrics and the management practices that we talk about in the book. And so the book actually is a tool for you to, to create your own HIP score for your own portfolio. Um, and then when you do that, we end up, you know, you end up getting what we, you know, what ends up being uh, potentially a more uh, true value, a more accurate value of the company's true financial potential. And that's why you see that over time, the HIP index um, can outperform the S&P. So we call it the new fundamentals of investing. So all the information about the company's practices, environmental practices and trust practices, all the things we've been talking about, are those available on their uh, website or in their annual report, and how can the average person know how to rank all these different companies according to their HIP score? Yeah, that's why we wrote the book, Jordan, is to give people a tool, to a how-to guide as to as to how to do this. And you know, so, some people do that on their own, and some people, um, you know, come to to HIP to have us help them with it um, uh, and to manage their portfolio. Um, what uh, the the company information comes from the company itself, the annual report, the sustainability report, the um, uh, the website. It comes from third-party sources like the government, like OSHA.gov and EPA.gov. Um, you'll see some from third-party sites uh, like uh, uh, Carbon Disclosure Project and um, uh, and then you'll see uh, some information come from academic institutions. So, for example, customer satisfaction data is tracked by the University of Michigan, which has an American Customer Satisfaction Index that they update quarterly. So uh, it really ends up consolidating a lot of information from a lot of different sources. And um, so we try and make it easy by um, building that in and, and constructing a portfolio about. But what we show in the book is, you know, from the bottom up, how do you do that? How can you do that for your own portfolio if you choose to do it? But a lot of this information is on the HIP Investor website already, so you don't have to do the research yourself. Yeah, in the, in the, in the book, uh, we do uh, profiles of companies like Pepsi versus Coke and Apple versus Microsoft to you know, show you some examples uh, that you can mimic yourself. So let's give, go through some of those, uh, as you call them, HIP industry face-offs, and let's take Pepsi versus Coke. Without going through all the detail you've got here, uh, can it give us a sense of how one company comes out ahead of the other in the various criteria you're looking at? Sure. Well, in Pepsi versus Coke, as some of you may remember, there was the Pepsi challenge where you would blindfold yourself and drink Pepsi and drink Coke and see what you like better. So we built off of that in terms of, um, you know, how do Pepsi and Coke compare from a, from a hip perspective? Who's more hip uh, by what you drink? Um, so in the analysis, what we show is that Pepsi has actually addressed, um, categorized its revenue um, into three categories, good for you, better for you, fun for you. So they're actually trying to shift the mix of healthy food and drink products that are things like orange juice and oatmeal, and away from things that might be, you know, high fructose corn syrup drinks. Um, on the Coca-Cola side, they too are diversifying uh, away from soda into juices, sport drinks, waters, and other beverages. And uh, Coke is even, um, you know, it takes more than two liters of water to make one liter of Coke. Um, so they're trying to uh, aspiring to be more water efficient in how they produce that. Um, they're also trying to be more water efficient in the crops of sugar and corn, which goes in the corn syrup. It's, the U.S. is actually one of the few countries in the world where Coke puts um, high fructose corn syrup in Coca-Cola instead of sugar. So in my um, uh, hometown, in my um, uh, city of San Francisco, some uh, retailers actually import Coca-Cola from Mexico, so you can drink the sugar version instead of the high fructose corn syrup version. So uh, there's all these different factors. Is one company kind of stronger than another? They have a higher hip index because... All the yeah, so what, so what we find in Pepsi versus Coke is that Pepsi ends up being stronger, and that doesn't mean you should only invest in Pepsi and not invest in Coke, but that you, if you were to choose between them, you'd invest a little bit more in Pepsi and a little bit less in Coke. And that over time, that can help your portfolio because the financial performance uh, linked to um, higher environmental, social, and human factors um, ends up driving higher revenue, lower cost, and in some cases, better tax position. So Pepsi has you know strong management practices uh, similar to, to Coke, but Pepsi actually has a better execution and implementation performance and has um, a higher revenue share. So in Pepsi versus Coke, Pepsi wins um, in our current analysis. 
and then are they, the uh, numbers that go into the HIP analysis for all these different factors updated typically once a year, or how often are they updated? It really varies. Some are once a year, some are quarterly. Um, it really depends on the source of the data. Um, you know, financials are released by companies on a quarterly basis. In some cases, uh, they track companies like Intel and Interface have tracked environmental data on their website, sometimes even showing it by locations, both in the U.S. and around the world, you know, in Asia um, uh, and Europe. So um, each data source has, a, you know, a different frequency. Um, but when you sum all of them up together and you look at it from a holistic perspective and you look at it like leading companies do over the long term, um, you can actually build um, you know, a portfolio that can be stronger and uh, with either higher returns or lower risk or both potentially. And then your next face-off is in the personal care industry, uh, Procter & Gamble versus Colgate-Palmolive. Uh, what comes out there? Yeah, so this is a really exciting one because uh, Procter & Gamble, which is also the number one list uh, in the HIP index, is the number one company, P&G is. Um, Colgate-Palmolive is a, is a fierce competitor uh, in a good way. So, um, and they, they have both released a lot of extra sustainability information as well as improved their uh, environmental and social performance um, at a faster rate than P&G. So they're catching up pretty aggressively. Um, what this shows in, in terms of P&G versus Colgate-Palmolive, and there's many, many brands that both of these companies have, so you'll need to look on the package to see who they are, um, uh, which you can do with a, a tool called goodguide.com. Goodguide is a uh, iPhone app and a website where you can uh, check the uh, environmental and social scores based on what ingredients are in the product. Um, but P&G ends up uh, eclipsing Colgate-Palmolive from a uh, human impact perspective, from a management perspective, and, um, uh, and from a, you know, products that are serving a human need. Are these companies, in their own minds, competing on these factors as well? They're competing to be more environmentally sensitive and more trustworthy in all the areas you'd look at. Is this something that's conscious in their minds that you know, they're being compared to other companies in their industry the same Ways? Yeah, it's increasingly conscious. In many cases, it's not the full strategy of the company. So, um, you know, an example of how companies have come to realize it as a source of competitive advantage and, and higher value, you know, potentially higher value is uh, GE. So when GE started EcoImagination, Jeff Immelt, the CEO then, just thought about it as a PR initiative, and he self-admitted that. And then what he found was, as the engineers got excited inside GE to create products that were more eco-efficient and natural resource efficient um, and energy efficient. And when they started summing up those numbers, it ended up that it was 10% of the top line revenue for a year like 2008 were these products in eco-imagination. So that led them to launch a new line of products called Health Imagination. And GE's in a lot of um, you know uh, health infrastructure and equipment, which you can see on TV shows like House that sponsor it. Um, and so that's a company that's made that um, transformation. So what we do at the Hip Investor is you know, those companies that are leading the way and doing that and seeing it as a way of driving higher and higher value for customers, employees, um, and even suppliers um, end up uh, helping the portfolio, um, you know, generate stronger performance. And then in the banking industry, you, you face off J.P. Morgan Chase and Bank of America. Who wins there? Yeah, so uh, as you might imagine, you know, J.P. Morgan has you know, been one of the stronger performers through the banking crisis and have uh, managed their risk and, you know, been very uh, client-focused, uh, whereas, you know, B of A, large, sprawling bank. Um, but they, you know, J.P. Morgan is just a really well-managed company. So from a HIP perspective, they went on management practices, they went on the results of human impact, um, and, um, you know, and that has led to their uh, financial outperformance relative to B of A. Okay, and then in the telecommunications, you face off Verizon against Sprint. Who wins there? Yeah, so this is uh, uh, really uh, interesting because Sprint uh, has some new products coming out this year um, that are, you know, uh, related to uh, sustainability. So they previously had a phone where 80% of the product was um, uh, recyclable, um, and they've become a lot more aggressive in the past six to nine months with their um, you know, new head of uh, sustainability, Ralph Reed. Um, Verizon also has a new uh, sustainability executive. Um, and um, and who comes from uh, buying from suppliers. And so this is, you know, this is starting to get interesting. This is a case where sustainability is a competitive advantage for uh, parts of their business. And um, Verizon has even set up a separate um, 
um, account inside the company to help fund eco-efficient projects like revitalizing the central offices and telephone lines and broadband lines. So, um, so in this case, in the book, uh, Verizon uh, has ended up stronger. Though, as we uh, update the scores, uh, we expect that that uh, difference will compress. You know, th- it'll get tighter and tighter competition. In the fast food, you've got uh, McDonald's against Starbucks. You think of both of these as contributing an awful lot of trash to the environment out there, and, and particularly not healthy products. Who's doing better there? Yeah, so in the, uh, you know, human impact category um, and in the management practices company uh, category, I mean, both of these companies are actively focusing on this because they're in the consumer business, and consumers are actively um, seeking healthier products. So at McDonald's, um, they're proud of the fact that, um, you know, a third of families, moms and kids, are choosing the apple slice and the milk option for the Happy Meals. Um, on the Starbucks side, they're really focused on how to cultivate fair trade um, coffee. So, um, so you know, they are even investing in companies that are helping farmers um, uh, in Central America become better farmers uh, that yield high, more coffee um, in a ecologically uh, and socially sustainable way. Um, and they call those their cafe practices, um, CAFE. So um, in our hip comparison, uh, we end up valuing Starbucks a little bit higher than McDonald's. And, uh, but both companies are making um, improvements. Terrific. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Paul Herman, uh, whose new book is called The Hip Investor. Uh, his uh, website is thehipinvestor.com. And we'll be back after this. markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. When you were young, did you feel free to daydream? Were you full of questions such as why, how, and what if? Did you allow yourself to be carefree, to dance and sing? Did you create just for fun? Want to feel that way again? Reclaim your natural curiosity and creativity with Dr. Carol Stalka on Stargazing Stories, sparking your creativity. Revitalize your life, work, and relationships. Be more playful, be bold, imagine, explore, and live more creatively every day. Tune in Wednesdays at 11 a.m. in the East, 8 a.m. in the West on 7th Wave Network. Are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in NFL history? Tune in to Wide Open with Andre Rison. Andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport. There will be celebrity guests, coaches, players, artists, and more. He'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week. Tune in to Wide Open with host Andre Rison. Featured Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Paul Herman, uh, who's written a new book called The Hip Investor. Hip stands for Human Impact and Profit. Uh, his website is hipinvestor.com. Welcome back to the show, Paul. 
Thank you, Jordan. Just want to get a sense of the impact of uh, President Obama's, uh, he's really spending a lot of effort and time on environmental sustainability and uh, renewable energy and all that. Is that having a big impact on the companies adapting HIP various practices? Um, I think it's starting to shift them. Companies are looking for some definitive uh, rules, regulations, policies, taxes, maybe even a cap-and-trade system. Um, you know, the, the, in anticipation of the climate bill, President Obama had signed off on some offshore drilling to gain some Republican votes uh, in the climate change bill, which now the Republicans are saying, uh, no, that's off the table. We can't come up with a climate change bill. Well, the reality is the Gulf oil gusher uh, in the Gulf of Mexico uh, is not only going to impact the Gulf, um, you know, it can potentially wrap around Florida and, you know, going to the beach this summer on the East Coast may not be very easy or clean. Um, so the SEC at least has issued guidance that says companies should report their environmental performance. They haven't mandated it yet, but they've strongly suggested it. Um, so hopefully, you know, later this year, um, that'll become a mandatory requirement for company reporting. Yeah. Okay. Now, in addition to the publicly traded stocks, the HIP 100 that we talked about, there are some other areas that people can uh, look at HIP performance, and let's go through uh, some of those areas as well. For example, fixed income and, and bonds. What are some things people should look for in that area? Yeah, so again, this is not an investment recommendation, but for everybody's education, you know, the Domini uh, Corporate Bond Index um, looks at companies who are uh, more, you know, environmentally and socially aware, conscious. Um, there's, you know, there's some uh, federal bonds in there right now, um, but that's, you know, so that's from a corporate debt perspective. But what's really interesting are um, organizations like Prosper.com and Microplace.com uh, and Kiva.org. Those are places where, you know, every day investors can loan money to others uh, to generate, you know, potentially generate um, interest uh, by loans to other entrepreneurs or other people. Um, so, you know, you can use the HIP methodology, the Health, Wealth, Earth Equality Trust, both to evaluate corporate debt as well as person, you know, person-to-person -person debt. Yeah, this is what's called P2P lending, peer-to-peer uh, -peer lending, uh, where, as you say, it's kind of outside the traditional banking system to some extent. Uh, then you talk about uh, private equity and venture capital. Uh, what, what is going on in that area as it relates to HIP? Yeah, so there's a lot of exciting uh, new um, uh, funds that are out there, everything with names ranging from uh, triple bottom line capital to double bottom line investors to patient capital uh, and uh, venture groups, you know, that include uh, famous venture investors like Kleiner Perkins and Vinod Kosla. Um, uh, you know, and uh, renewal partners in, in Canada. So again, those are not investment recommendations, but it's really um, investment funds that are looking for uh, businesses that deliver an environmental, social, or human benefit, as well as financial returns. And what they're finding is, you know, in venture capital and private equity, that people are looking to add these to make their portfolios more hip. And that's what we're finding when uh, uh, clients come to us as well. And then in the real estate area, real estate and forestry, what are some developments there as far as making buildings uh, more energy efficient and so on? Yeah, so uh, real estate is actually, um, I mean, uh, is really a, a lucrative place uh, to generate um, uh, tax-efficient returns in general in any financial portfolio. Um, but what, you know, many um, uh, foresters uh, are smartly managing the land over, you know, decades. And so it's, you know, it's like farming. Forestry is like farming. You need to cultivate the land and protect the future income and the future yield uh, of, you know, of trees and food in the cases of forestry and farming. And so there's everywhere from real estate investment trusts to real estate companies like Prologis and Jones Lang LaSalle. Um, Jones Lang LaSalle is revitalizing uh, project manager for the revitalization of the Empire State Building. So they're changing out all the windows and radiators in the Empire State Building to make it more um, environmentally efficient, but also more financially efficient. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, uh, this can, HIP can be a part of all parts of your portfolio, both, you know, equity and debt, real estate and venture capital. And then uh, commodities this is the last area. Uh, how can commodities or the growing of commodities be more environmentally sensitive? Yeah, so it's still early days here. I mean, when you buy oil, you can buy different sulfur content oil um, on the open market, but you can't yet buy 
organic orange juice or fair trade coffee because um, the volume isn't strong enough yet. Um, on the carbon, you know, on carbon credits, there's voluntary carbon credits that are being traded on the Chicago Climate Exchange in the Northeast uh, among utilities, in Europe uh, among industries. Um, and those range anywhere from $2, you know, fr from, you know, pennies uh, and dimes in the U.S. to, um, uh, you know, about uh, $15 to $20 a ton in, uh, in Europe. So um, those are ways you can consider diversifying your portfolio, but knowing that, you know, they could be high-risk investments as well. So in the about two minutes we have left, why don't you kind of give an overall view of how somebody who is interested in making things more environmentally sustainable and in the, in the way you talk about it with HIP, that they can put together a portfolio that not only does well in the world, but has a better financial return as well? Sure. Well, again, you know, and again, this is all designed to generate human impact and profit. Past performance is not uh, indicative of future results. Um, you know, and investing has risks of losing your principal. But if you take the general approach, uh, as you know, strong fundamental investors do, that you want to research the company, you, uh, you want to pick a portfolio, you want to understand your risk, how much is to equity, how much is to debt, how much is to international, how much is to venture capital, if you do that type of investing as an accredited investor. Um, and then within those, you want to pick, you know, more hip or less, you know, weight more hip companies or instruments higher and less hip companies lower. Um, and then as you go and do the analysis, you look at the three categories of that um, investment opportunity. One is what products and services do they sell to customers to generate top line revenue, because without revenue, the company won't grow. And two is, you know, how do they actually manage their business from a results perspective? What are their greenhouse gases per million dollars of revenue? How many women are on the board of directors and uh, other diversity? Um, do all employees have access to build their wealth and have a 401k plan matching? Um, and then the third category is, do they actually make decisions in a in a uh, sustainable way. So even companies like Alcoa, which produce aluminum for uh, the soda cans and the, your car um, uh, that you drive, uh, ask, you know, evaluate their big spending from a triple bottom line analysis. And you can see this online at alcoa.com slash sustainability. Um, and companies from Walmart, which are using a sustainability scorecard, which they describe on their website at walmartstores.com slash sustainability. Um, Starbucks uh, lists out the different types the value that uh, they track from customers to employees, suppliers in the community. So there's actually quite a large amount of information. And even on the trading desks of investors, companies like Bloomberg and Thomson Reuters are actually tracking this environmental and social data. So whether you're an investor or a trader uh, for the long term, uh, potentially for the short term, um, in all aspects of your portfolio, um, you can make it more hip. So we like to say, are you hip in how you invest, in where you work, and what you buy, and potentially even how you vote. Um, so we see a world that can be more hip overall. Terrific. Well, thanks so much. It's been fascinating talking to Paul Herman, uh, whose new book is called The Hip Investor. If you want to find out more, his website is hipinvestor.com. Thanks for being a guest on The Money Answer Show. Thanks so much, Paul. Thank you, Jordan. And we'll be back again with another show of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.